185 miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing Super 7 playlists for the year 2014. An idea from the mighty, mighty Posse Chris. Much appreciated. This year, like... A lot of the years, I guess as you get older, they kind of blend together. And so it's weird to pluck out a semi-recent year and see how much like dope stuff came out. So I appreciate that. And uh, I guess I can just introduce Posse Chris. He's here. What's up, Chris? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a fun exercise. I mean, like you said, you kind of forget all the stuff that comes out. And it's a cool exercise to go back and say like, oh, that came out this year. Yeah, super cool. Also, you know him, you love him. He is the best dressed man on the pod. He is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? What's going on? Um, 2014 is the year that I moved from SD to the Bay properly to go to UC Berkeley. And it required a lot of going back to know what actually was 2014 because it was just a crazy year for trying to locate what music was then. And you know what? I'm pleasantly surprised we're doing this year. This year is killer. Yeah. I was so stoked. All right. Also helping out first time around the pod. Much appreciated for coming on. It is crystal from initiate. What's up, crystal. Hi, thanks for having me. I was super stoked going back into my last FM actually, and looking at um, what, went on this year so i'm very excited to engage in this conversation do you have yeah. your uh last fm most played for 2014 statistics i uh <laughs> it's a little embarrassing yeah you shouldn't <laughs> so we won't dive too hard into that yeah and dan is trying to be uh the one <laughs> dan, dan is trying to be the pro right here and like get some of your uh your picks out so you can snake you early. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that. The old Ad- Wiley veteran. Admittedly that. enough, I think a lot of the top is, the, I think that's the year um, I discovered One Direction. Um, so Back. that's a lot. There's a lot going on in there, too. I had to sift through all of that to find all the hardcore embedded in that. <laughs> well, that's cool, though. We, we like those uh, wide spectrums of likes. Um, Dan listens to like Oasis, which is like the same thing, right? I mean, they both write killer songs. <laughs> I, I will say that One Direction on SNL, when it was like they're coming out to, a, you know, in America, which was probably a couple years earlier than 2014. But when they played SNL, shit, they didn't leave my Spotify for quite some time or Apple Music or whatever it was then. Yeah, I've never even heard of that band. So what's up? Okay, need to take a deep dive. (laughs) How about that? All right. There is an elephant in the room of this year. And uh, Chris, you're going to dive into it. Yeah. So, you know, speaking as someone who was in a band that worked our asses off, did a lot of great things that I'm personally proud of, but because of the actions of of one person that was in that band that that was doing uh, some, some bad stuff, some predatory behavior, like there's a kind of a cloud that was cast over everything that invalidates all that goodness and rightly so. Um, And I bring that up, you know, from the perspective of talking about this because expire was a great band. They were one of the biggest, hardest working bands of this era. 
you know, you couldn't go to a show without, you know, seeing an expired shirt or, or beanie. And, um, you know, obviously a similar instance where some predatory behavior, um, came out, uh, about one of the person persons in this band and it kind of tore all that down. Um, and the reason we wanted to bring this up is because, you know, there's kind of two approaches you can take in instances like this. And, you know, the first is you can kind of erase that band's name from memory and from history and just kind of pretend that they weren't one of the most important bands of this era that we're talking about today. Um, or you can, you can address it. You can use these horrible things that happened and that this person did and, and use it as a learning experience and acknowledge and educate each other and, you know, hopefully by talking about it, you know, move that needle a little bit more towards this reality where guys in the scene and in the world at general aren't shitty and predatory. So, you know, before we get into, um, you know, our lists and, and, you know, start to talk about all the awesome stuff that happened this year, I think, you know, I just want to take this opportunity to encourage everyone to continue to talk to your friends about what consent is and, you know, just reminders that it's not okay to have physical or emotional relationships with minors. It's not okay to, you know, get someone drunk so you can have a better shot of sleeping with them. You know, no means no, you know, don't keep pressing. That's not okay. And also, you know, think about, you know, our scene in particular and, and in society's power structures and how, you know, they may or may not affect consent because coercion is, is not consent either. So yeah, just wanted to kind of, I guess, take this opportunity to share some of those things. And also, you know, shout out to Caleb who played bass in this band because he rules and, you know, his current band inclination is amazing. Love inclination. Yeah, Chris, uh, I want to definitely give you um, like a shout out of support for for bringing that up in the first place, um, because you're absolutely right. Um, Expires record pretty low was like a really huge dominating record of this time. Um, and so I definitely think acknowledging that, um, you know, is very, very important. Um, and it also, you know, we can acknowledge the good that happened in this era as well as the bad. So, and I, yeah. Well, on that note, let's talk good hardcore. What's up? Uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to super seven before we are picking seven song playlists for whatever, the topic is this year. It's the year 2014. Basically we're each going to choose song kind of in fantasy football style. If the song is picked, it cannot be picked again, but anything else by that band under the criteria can be picked. Uh, Daniel, you did the draw. What is the order? The order is me, then crystal, then you, then the pause man. All right. Well, let's kick it off. Yeah, Chris is in that Nard Curse slot. What's up? <laughs> Daniel, let's go to you. What is the greatest hardcore song of the year 2014? Well, here's the thing. I have 11 songs that I am trying to get down to seven while doing this. So hopefully some of these maybe get picked by someone else and then they still get shine. Um, but then also what comes into play is you start to consider who else is in this and i don't know exactly what crystal's taste you know milieu is but i do you know know the other you two so 
with that in mind, I'm still going just probably what would have been my number one um, out of the way. I'm going with Arms Race on my face slash mongrel crew. Because, you know, this time it's not doing a full-on Daniel Sant where I'm trying to claim two songs for one pick. It actually comes like that. The song goes into the other and it's listed as one track. So, Arms Race, if anyone's not heard them, uh, UK hardcore band or UK oi band, if you want to, it could go either way. It's basically like if The Last Resort listen to discharge and um outburst <laughs> and like that's basically what they sound like it's very uh got some like 87 hard nyhc style mosh but it's got full on like last resort style verses um definitely oi influence throughout the whole thing the drumming has that discharge like neanderthal style like fantastic record um modern mike actually turned me on to this band and i'm so grateful because i love them so much um and i think this is for me the pinnacle of them like they do lots of other good recordings too but this um gotta get out ep that this is off is my favorite recording by them because it is the most straight up oi that it is. Like it, it gets a bit more distorted and crazy a little bit on the later recordings after this. So um, I'm going with Arms Race on my face slash Mongrel co- Crew. Oi, oi, Mongrel Crew. <laughs> yeah, we did. We talked about this band on a side A versus side B. And I yeah. think it was a seven inch from maybe 2018. So they had a nice little run there. And yeah. are, they, are they still going, Daniel? Well, you know, we, we've, in our group text with the four of us, we've talked about uh, things that it's the height of demo core. Well, a lot of the UK hardcore bands would pick up a project, put it down, work on something else, pick up that project work, you know, and then, bounce around so when you know they come around to do another record it's not like they were going full steam ahead at the time like playing all the time it's like they pick up that project and go back because there's members of uh chubby and the gang in this and uh the chisel etc i believe fucking shit well right on and daniel just got a text message (laughs) so i was wondering if he was trying to punctuate a point there (laughs) i know correct answer by daniel Every time I uh, mention an oi band, a skinhead gets his braces. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love the pick. Great number one. And Crystal, let's go to you for your number one pick. All right. Um, so being that I don't know everyone else's music tastes very well, um, I kind of went with... Um, w- Honestly, I just went with the song that maybe might have been up there, but also was one of my most repeated songs for the year. Um, which was Bane uh, calling hours on their Don't Wait Up LP. Um, pick that one because a like I I believe that was their last album um, that they had put out, and they I think knocked it out of the park, um, especially with this song. Um, having not only do I love um, Aaron Bedard, I hope I'm saying his last name right. I actually don't know 
if That's I'm right. pronouncing that right. But <laughs> um, not only do I love his voice, um, I think his vocal style is very unique, but then you also have Pat Flynn, Walter Delgado, David Wood, and Reba Myers um, all on one track. Um, and it just makes it just a like insanely like powerful um, track. So that's my number one pick. Dan, was it on your list? No, I have a different one that is, I think it, I mean, I think is so incredible lyrically. That's, even pushing it past this. So, right. Well, Dan's got a Bane song on his Jeez, list. Sir. Yeah. We dragged something out of him. How about that? Kurt? <laughs> yeah. The, the Wiley veteran just got a thumb in the eye. Well, that's right. <laughs> got that Mr. Fuji salt that yeah. you love. <laughs> All right. My number one pick. I am taking seven seconds. I have faith in you. Uh, ben edge says this is the last great seven second song. And I don't know if that's true. There's actually several tracks on this record that I really, really like. But this song, good God, it just starts out like jammy, fast, melodic, hardcore. But that chorus, like when he hits in, it's like everything you want from Kevin Seconds in like the modern era. Like the, I have faith in you. I back the things you do. So nice sounding and so like posy and good. Just like those lyrics. I have faith in you. I back the things you do. It's a unity song. I love it. Super positive. This song kicks ass, it's short, and it's melodic and perfect. And it's seven seconds laying it down in the year 2014. Good God, man. This song rules. And uh, yes, yeah, my number one pick. What's up with that? Dan, are you familiar with this record? Didn't you go see him on this tour? I, I saw him at that uh, thing uh, Chris Powerhouse did in the on the outskirts of Sacramento or whatever, where it was Cro-Mags, Crown of Thorns, Seven Seconds like right around this time and uh they were great i mean he kevin had a goatee so that's one point against him but then kevin played (laughs) all the seven second songs and so 10 trillion points in the positive he was rocking the goatee 20 years too late it should have been 94 but it was 2014 if he had it in 94 seven seconds may have either been signed to epitaph or fat immediately (laughs) well they would have had to have the wallet chain as well right you can't have one without the other. Well, he definitely had the long dickies on, so he was really, really going for that uh, fat records. That's uh, fair. I think I, I think I saw him at Punk Rock Bowling, like right around this time in one of the club shows, and they were so good. And like some dude staged over like over the barrier and cracked his head, and like the show had to stop for fifteen minutes, but it was still a killer show. What's up with that? I have never seen them be bad, ever. How can they be when you have that many hits? Yeah, you know, it's and like, you mean it, and you mean it that much, you know. Oh yeah, it's still like oozing sincerity, but I mean, it's just hit after hit after hit. Chris, let's go to you for your number one. Yeah, my number one. Uh, so Crystal took the Bane kind of party song <laughs> with all the guest vocals. I'm taking the other party song that came out this year that had all the guest vocals, including Reba, who was on that one. I'm taking Angel Dust, Set Me Up, um, which is off the Pink record. Um, yeah, I have I had to take this song first. This is like the Angel Dust song, it, you know, particularly for um, for that era 
of you know before they kind of started getting a little bit more mellow while the, when they were still into like a lot of the aggressive upbeat stuff like this was kind of like almost the theme song um all the guest vocals it was like ev from mindset brad from trapped under ice and brennan from trapped under ice and turnstile reba from code orange and, and some others uh yeah the party the song just has like a party vibe and it's so fun and when they play it live it's a total blast it's it's like the highlight of their set it's kind of you know one of those songs where it's an open invitation for just anyone to get up and grab the mic and kind of sing the guest you know the next guest vocal part and um another thing that i think is super sick is you know i noticed that you know women and girls in this scene particularly feel empowered and comfortable and um get up on the stage and grab it and go and and i think that's such a cool cool vibe and i just love it yeah right on this is cool because trapped under ice was one of the best hardcore bands of like the late 2000s going into the 2010s whatever we call those and the transition was seamless right doing angel dust it's like justice takes a stab and knocks another band out of the park what's up yeah and their new st- i mean you know i mentioned i touched on the newer stuff the newer stuff is awesome too i love it you know that's not to disparage any of that, but like this song is such like a, a party vibe. I don't know. How I love it. All right. Let's send it back to Dan for round two. All right. Um, okay. So shall I go strategic? I think I'm going to go strategic because I think this might've been a Chris pick. I think it might've been a Zach pick and you know, it definitely could be a crystal pick. So I'm going to go backtrack their rules. Yeah. This song rules <laughs> for lack of a <laughs> overused term, but it is such a killer song and um there's a guest vocal and this is this is how I, I don't know uh who does the guest on that. But that guest vocal is awesome and then the singer comes back in and goes back track go and I fucking you know, those kind of things just sell me instantly. But this song with the um, the gang vocal at, in every uh, verse line, it's so fucking good. And it is such a killer hardcore song. Like, um, backtrack, I had to backtrack to enjoy more than, because in this year I didn't listen to them. And then I got into them uh, after the fact, after seeing him at Gilman. Um, and I really love it. Yeah. Great classic band and everything that's good about hardcore, right? Just a band that put out good material, toured a lot and held it down, you know, and, and, you know, I love anytime a band shouts out their own band name in a song. That's one of the illest things you can do. So. Yeah. I think this band, uh, this band was kind of a force. Like, I don't know if you guys are, of the same opinion at all, but like, I, I like every record that they've done better than the previous, you know, like a lot of bands, like they'll kind of hit their peak early and then the rest is good, but not as good as like the one moment. But like, I think they're my favorite record is their last record that they did. And like, they also got noticeably better every time I see saw them. So there's just a band that was like always moving in the right direction in my opinion, which is hard for a hardcore band to do. I yeah. agree with you. Um, yeah. 
it's like not only did they get better like musically but like performance wise they also like kept going up um and that was really sick to watch that like progression as well yeah in a three lp band you know rare for like that straight ahead lane hardcore you know and like chris said every record great i i can't rank them i probably like darker half the most hate to be that guy like the first lp but they're all really good and they created like an aesthetic visually like the, the lps like even though it's like kind of it's a hearkening back to like the cause for alarm agnostic front record it does feel like when you look at these lps like okay i'm looking at a backtrack record so they like they created an aesthetic too that i think was fitting for the band for yeah sure. and, and uh yeah like kind of that modern sean style to do you know this vibe but aped by tons of bands in the last few years too hell yeah all right crystal let's go to you for your number two pick all right number two i wish i could just lump the whole like ep as my number two um forced order dead and gone on the eternal war ep was i think like well, for one, I think that like Southern California hardcore that year was incredible. Um, but Force Order kind of came out guns blazing. Um, and that, yeah, the Holy P, that track is my favorite one. But if I could, I'd have the Holy P as my second. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't take the song that I have off this because I, this whole EP is awesome. It's one of the, the two things that I love the most from this year. And, but I, I, it took me a long time to narrow it down to one song and I'm so thankful you didn't pick it. Cause I only made notes on one song. Yeah. I definitely had a lot of trouble narrowing it down. So I'm very interested to see what your pick was. I can't wait to spit it out, but I'm going to try to wait a couple more rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I will go to my number two and I am feeling really fortunate because the two songs that I wanted the most I got, I got a seven second song and now I am taking Madball, the song DNA. And there were two Madball songs off this LP that I think are absolutely outstanding. Um, I won't see the other one in case one of you guys take it, but uh, DNA is so ill just starting out with the open chords and you can't really tell where it's going. Even when the drums come in, it's just kind of doing a, like a nondescript, not super spectacular thing. It's just like an intro, but then it cuts out and it's like that mad ball ass riffery that you know and love. And then Freddie kicks in with his flow and it's great. And it's like, you're listening to classic bounce mad ball in the year 2014. It still sounds fresh, still sounds like they're the best at what they do. And it's so ill. And uh, on the verse, there's a great line. He says, I hated confessions. So to God, I prayed. Not to the man in the cloth, no way. So ill, you know, like saying like, oh, I pray, like whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. Even the, the point most point atheist. Stigma. Yeah, like even the most atheist dude, like when shit goes real wrong in your life, you're like, come on, man. Like, why? I don't know. Everyone has like that thought. But it's like the idea of like praying to some dude. Like, okay, no one alive on earth right now knows what happens when you die. Like you just can't. So someone that tells you they know the truth, they're full of shit and trying to get something out of you. You know what I mean? So I just like that that was like, I don't know, 
a little little ethering of the man on the cloth. And then uh, I love the chorus too. I'm made of what you are made of. Like it's another unity song, like one, one love, one blood, you know, humanity, like we're all the same. Like we get pulled apart by like bullshit, you know, like you have to be like taught to hate, right? Like we're made up of the same DNA. It's an ill song and it's, it's great. And then also, so you're doing this whole sick bounce song. And then, you know what I love? You know, I love when a song just kicks fast out of nowhere at the end and they do it. It's full yellow vibes. So this is one of my favorite Madball songs. It came out in the year 2014. And I got to thank Chris again for choosing this year. Hell yeah, Chris. Hell yeah, dude. I, <laughs> it's funny going back a few years. Cause like, yo, real talk. I don't even remember the names of my band songs without like putting on the set list, like chain of strength or like, you know, like judge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I have no idea what song that is, but uh, that it was a fun record. Yeah, someone that goes, I am made of. You are made of. It still makes a set list sometimes. I'd say you like. I think, he's, I think he's uh, trashing organized religion in that line. Oh, for sure. For you sure. Know, the man in the cloth being like the priest. It, the yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What what could possibly be the other interpretation? Oh, I thought you were saying that. Um, never mind. I, I misconstrued what you were saying then. But uh, this is no Mad Ball songs are making my list, but this is a good one. Yeah. All right, Chris. Let's go to you. Number two pick. <laughs> uh. All right. So. <laughs> I'm going to switch things up a little bit uh, because of what happened uh, two picks ago. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if I piss off uh, Zach or not, but uh, a lot of good records came out this year. A lot of good songs. I could pull a deep cut, but instead I'm going to pull a cut deep, which is my favorite forced order song. I don't know. Was this the one you're going to pick Zach? Uh, no, but I literally had them like they're all, I, yeah, no. This record is, is awesome. This record rips, dude. <clears throat> I think so. This is my favorite song from them. Uh, you know, it, it's just I. I just think it fits their formula to a T. Like this is a short song. It's under a minute. It's hard. It's fast. It packs like all that they do into as minimal time as possible. You know, and it's just so sick. It's it's a song that starts out. Uh, so it has like the the palm mutes and then it cuts into the verse with like kind of the open and then slower uh, with the, you made a choice to bend and conform. And then uh, the ring out before the breakdown is sick. And then it cuts into, I won't give in, won't fucking bend. I'll never turn my back on a fucking friend. And then it ends like really abruptly on friend and it just sounds so sick. Um yeah, this band was a force live. This record's a rager. Uh, live, it was so much fun to watch. Their singer just kind of stomped all over the stage and moshed, and like it was a blast. Like they were real powerful. I remember the first time I saw them, not the first time I saw them, but the first Rainfest that they played. Like I was outside when they started, and like you know, you, when you hear the band, you're like, oh, I gotta go get in and see them. And like between me hearing them start playing and like the 15 seconds it took me to get in, I passed two people already that were like walking out with bloody noses. So it was like, Oh shit, <laughs> what's going on in here? It was, it was pretty wild. 
It was fourth yeah. quarter bringing the heat. They did, man. The rules. The rules. All right, Dan, let's go to you for uh, your number three pick. All right, so I'm going to go forced order off the same EP. I'm got no, just kidding. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Now I got it. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to. Yeah. It really had me going. I was like, like, oh, shit. <laughs> it'll be like the um, straight edge Super 7 where Dan got forced out of picking minor threat. <laughs> <laughs> will I ever Will I ever hear the end of that? No. 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 <laughs> and nor should I. I agree. Um, I'm going violent reaction, waste of space. This song is your, well, God, it's, it's an amazing violent reaction song. And that's saying something because any violent reaction song is generally amazing. This one is so good because it is the typical, you know, sometimes in hardcore, we have tropes, lyrical tropes, and sometimes they're done a little bit passe and lazy and whatnot and then sometimes they're just fucking sick and this one is just awesome i love the opening line so this is the trope i'm discussing is people that well the song's called waste of space the people that are here one minute gone the next that kind of thing and you know in hardcore we look back and we comment on that all the time but i love this opening line with us or against us, we'll still be here. It's just such a sick line. Um, this has a really awesome, like negative approach, bass-ish intro. Um, goes into just a ripping song, and then the fucking breakdown is ill mania. Um, absolutely love it. This is off the um, God. I'm uh, spinning for a second. The uh, Dead, dead end EP. Dead end EP, and um, it is a f- you know, I don't think they've ever put out anything bad. This is one of the things that slips through the cracks when people think about Violent Reaction. Uh, you know, they think about the two twelve-inch EP slash LPs. Um, but this is this is fucking sick. Uh, waste of space. You got to listen to it if you've never heard it, listener out there throw that on your Spotify right away. And, and you know what you're marching. It's like one of the most fitting band names, right? It's like violent reaction. What do they sound like? Oh yeah. That's what I thought they'd sound like sick. Yeah. (laughs) And their artwork too. Like what does this band sound like? What do they look like? They sound like, yeah, it's like they just deliver a band that delivers. How about that? Yeah, well, you know, going back to that trope and and kind of the lyrical thing on this song, it's something that is so poignant, I feel, that is felt so much more in, in hardcore and punk, is that when you move on, a lot of people look back at it like, oh, I was just a kid or, you know, it meant nothing to me. And then, you know, maybe sometime later in life, they realize it was great, but... You know, it, this song ends with now you're fed up, moving on. Your past beneath you had your fun. You're nothing. <laughs> it's so sick because when you, when you throw away what this is, what hardcore is and the community, the feeling, there's nothing else on the planet that's like this scene. And when you throw that away as like it, 
it doesn't mean much to you anymore, then fuck you. You are nothing. You know, I disagree to an extent because well, I don't mean completely. You're nothing because <laughs> obviously you're a human and blah, blah. But I'm saying like when you, when you throw this away, like it, it meant nothing. It, you go down in my estimation. No, fair enough. Like any time that people dedicate like a portion of their life to something and then shit on it. Like that's yeah. a, that's a terrible human characteristic, but the casual bubble of people into hardcore are necessary because you need people to pay at the door. You need people to buy shirts, all that, you know, it's like if no one wants the scene to be only diehards, you'd, you'd have 30 people at every show. Like, I mean, how many people there? Okay. Like those first like Bay shows that happened a while back, like how many people went to those and that's going to be the only hardcore show they've ever been to in their life, you know, or like big hardcore festivals, same thing. But like these people that blow up the big shows, like they're necessary, like whatever they're passing through, but hopefully they enjoyed it, you know, and hopefully they paid at the door and bought a shirt or two. Right. I, on. I fully agree with that, but I think this is being addressed at someone that pontificates and this was a diehard that now has about faced. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. no, I, I, I agree. I, I enjoy this trope of song because there's something that's an unwritten understanding that doesn't really need to be super poetic because we all kind of have had a friend or a, you know, a bandmate or whatever that has been this where you thought this is our thing forever. And then, it doesn't mean anything to them anymore. No, it's one that's of the great hardcore know. tropes that never gets old, right? Like talking shit on people that drop out of hardcore. It's great. It'll never get old. Fuck it. Exactly. Love it. All right, Crystal, let's go to you for round three. All right. Um, I uh, there's nothing there's nothing strategic about my my third choice. I just really really like it. Um, it's. I think a perfect example of like 805 hardcore, um, but it just stands out on its own. Um, and that's Shackled by Minus uh, came out on the Minus and Soul Search split that year. Uh, what I really, really enjoy about it and what I enjoy about Minus in particular, um, I'm kind of blown away with um, Travis Farmer, their vocalist's um, style. Um, I don't know if it's weird to say he it's he's almost instrumental in the way that he uses his voice. Um, how he like will do like, you know, like hold out notes really long, cut them short and just has this sort of like perfect emphasis that goes with the music. Um, and I think Shackled is a really good example of that. So that's my number three. Yeah, it's a great pick. And, and you're absolutely right. The th Look, Travis is everything that's good about hardcore, right? He's okay. like a dude. He's a dude talented enough that he could do any genre of music and he did he did the felt to low band that was on rev and did like that post hardcore style and did it really well mm -hmm. but he loves hardcore and like he's talented enough to make a standout hardcore band like my favorite thing from minus is that compulsion lp that came out in 2019 dude that gave, gives me chills still listening to that record it's yeah incredible and, yeah and I, I i feel almost like guilty saying it's underrated because i don't think it is to anyone that heard it i just i don't know if it missed or what like because that should have been one of the biggest hardcore records of the year it is so good it's like a perfect hardcore lp you know yeah i think 
I think it's, I think it did fly under the radar a little bit. Like I, I think most people, when they think of minus, they think of, you know, the self-titled brick wall record, but yeah, this great record too. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that, you know, maybe, maybe the reason is cause like they did have like a good strong run, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh demo comes out at the end of the two thousands and then it's like 2011, 2013, like they're firing. Like that's when the seven inch comes out. The first LP comes out and there is a pretty big gap. I think it's like a five-year gap between the LPs. So maybe that's why it missed a little bit. I don't know, but yeah. Like- and, and, and I've, I think also they were a more active band probably when that brick wall record came out, like they were touring more, playing around them more, um, you know, coming up from the Northwest more at least. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Cause I, nothing they've done has been, it's all been awesome. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to say is like, even though that brick wall record is, Kind of like if you say minus, that's the first thing I picture is that brick wall. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just such an iconic artwork. Yeah, like, with like the logo out of the brick wall. And it's yeah. like self titled, so it's minus, minus. Yeah. You know, it's ill. But man, I'm so glad, Crystal, you picked this. This is great. Um, and I actually missed it. I didn't even realize this came out this year. This was a, a deep find. I was very pleased when I found it. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's the Soul Search split. It came out on Closed Casket Activities in the year 2014. So ill. Okay, my third pick, I am going to go melodic. And I am going to take... Okay, we finally got to talk about Dillinger 4 a couple months ago on this pod, which was great because they're one of my favorite bands. One of my other favorite bands that we never get to talk about on the pod just because it never really comes up and I don't want to punish people is... I love the band, the Lawrence arms so much and their LP. Oh, Calcutta is one of my favorite records of any genre of music in the history of music. Like I absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Always on rotation. Um, the Lawrence arms, they put out an out an LP this year called Metropole, I believe. And, uh, it's probably one of their worst albums in my opinion, but there's a song on it called Beautiful Things, which is a beautiful song. And uh, Lawrence Arms, they're a three-piece, the bass player and the guitarist, they both sing. I like when the guy with the harsher vocals sings more, but this is the other guy. He's got like more of a sweet voice. Um, it's just a great melodic mid-tempo song, super catchy chorus. There's like nice little leads tucked in. It's just a great pop-punk song from one of my favorite bands, and I want to talk about them. See, it's not all Madball and Hate Breed and whatever. I like the mellow stuff too, you know, just cause I don't like post hardcore, you know, whatever. But, uh, that's my pick. And Chris, let's go to you for your number three. All right. Uh, so the song was going to pick second cause I was a little bit worried that the Bay area kid might take this one. So again, playing a little bit of defense maybe, but I'm taking making room by punch. Um, Dan, do you have, do you have punch on your list? Yes, I do. Yeah, this song? Nope. All righty. Uh, this song's just so dope. Like, it's got like, um, again, kind of like the last uh, uh, Forced Order song I took. It's like one of those songs that just, it it doesn't really beat around the bush. Like, there's this kind of little, um, little maybe like 10 second intro thing. But after that, it's just like, all right, balls to the wall. Kind of, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it goes in this fast beat. And then like 
her scream coming into that fast beat is like blood curdling. And it's, it's like one of those songs to like, all right, you know, it, it sets you up with that scream. Uh, the, the drums on the song are wild. Like <clears throat> in the first verse, there's this crazy like blast beat fill where it just kind of feels like the verse is about to fall apart. Cause it just like goes into like a, a blast beat, beat kind of fill. And then it explodes into, um, or like not explodes, but it like it stops with an abrupt, um, like an eight count uh, kick drum, like fast, like boop, 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 and then a four count that explodes in the chorus, and like just that break where the the kick drum comes in real fast for uh, whatever eight plus four is, <laughs> um, <laughs> is is so sick, and it just kind of like breaks the song up and then it comes fast again. And then the breakdown for the song is so hard. This is like a total stomper breakdown. Like this is the kind of breakdown that like if they played Ohi, which, you know, maybe they did uh timing might've worked out. Right. I don't remember, but like this breakdown might've kind of finally done in that, that floor at Ohio women's center uh, for good. Cause I just imagine like everyone just spreading out and stomping. Um, and then like the the core or the the sing along part during the chorus, uh, I can only bite my tongue so long twice, and then until my mouth is full of blood. It's just awesome song, raging, vocals are sick, drums are rad, uh, sounds great. They get it all in, like they they hit on all the chords you want to hit hit for a hardcore song in a minute and a half. Yeah, uh Chris, I've been working on that mathematical equation since you tossed it out there and uh, the answer is 12. <laughs> 12. All right. Do you use your calculator on your uh, laptop for that one? No. Abacus. <laughs> I got a little notepad here. That's why it took a while. If I had a calculator, I would have gotten the answer faster. He had to carry the one. Well, so uh, this band rips. This is the last thing that they put out. Um, this LP on death wish 2014. They had a nice long run, you know, like the first EP comes out in 2008. So that is a, a good run. And, and this is my favorite thing they do. So another band, like how we were talking backtrack that last record is the best. I think this is the best. Chris, where do you put this in the catalog? Uh, you know, I have to say it's the best too. Like it just sounds awesome. Uh, kind of a funny, I don't know if it's funny to anyone else, but uh, so when I first heard this band, I kind of knew of them as Aaron, <clears throat> Aaron uh, O'Neill, who played drums in lights out, uh, and a ton of other bands devotion and stuff like that. He, uh, his sister sings in this band and his, his little sister, his little sister, I think. And, uh, I remember the first time I heard him and I knew of him as Aaron's sister's band. And I was like, dude, Aaron, your sister's got a gnarly scream, like just like totally blood curdling. And he's like, yeah, I know. I heard that scream growing up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, Megan, um, who is that little sister? Her dog Niles and my dog Reggie regularly WWF the hell out of each other. Nice. And I'm going to roll into my number four doing another punch song, which I agree. This LP is the pinnacle of their, you know, they broke up like pretty much right when it came out almost or just a little bit after. And it's so good. And the song I'm going with is worth more than your opinion because a, the song just rips. It's a 
killer fucking brutal hardcore song her voice is amazing on it um but the lyrics it's i'm just gonna read them they're amazing you probably don't have to worry when you walk out your door will you be judged will you get comments will you get stares will you feel helpless will you be followed you've got to walk in pairs don't we have anything else to offer you only see the surface your unwanted opinion is worthless, but not harmless. Our looks, our bodies are none of your fucking business. We don't exist for you to appraise, not a compliment, no fucking thanks. I mean, it's that's a powerful song, and it's stated in such an awesome way of like, fuck you, you know? Um Reminds me of Suggestion, the Fugazi song, since, you know, Zach took a undercover swipe at them earlier. Um, I'm going to just state that there can be, there's never enough songs like this that need to get this message through to patriarchal brains all over this world. Like, women are not here for you not for your pleasure, not for your eye candy or anything. And, you know, read these lyrics and let them sink home and then listen to the song a hundred times in a row. Yeah. The way she laid that out was very visceral. Like that's great lyric writing. Yeah. So super ill, you know, I was trying to pull up punch uh, quickly in the discogs, but obviously like simple band names like that aren't the easiest to, uh, search in any sort of database and punch Andrews came up and it said, I had a record, you know, like it gives you, if you have it on your, uh, your list. And I was like, what, what is punch Andrews? And he's the dude that produced a bunch of Bob Seger LPs. So how about that? Fun fact or possibly unfun. We would have to ask Posse Chris. A little Bay area trivia. Yeah. All right. That's some, uh, Michigan trivia. So I met, I met via punch. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) True. Crystal, well, do you like punch? I actually never I, I think I missed the era where I, I would have gotten into punch. But this this podcast is making me want to go listen to punch and give them another chance. I tried them when I was younger and I was like, oh, this isn't really my cup of tea, but I might have to go back and give them another listen. Give them a, give them another puncher's chance. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's like the best thing about these super sevens is like even though I'm a participant, I like can't wait to get done so I can listen to the playlist. Like, I love it because it's basically us selling our favorite shit, you know? And it's like, you guys talk about these songs and I'm like, I want to listen to it right now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So, yeah. super cool. So, punch your ticket and go for a ride. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. That was a swig and a miss. Crystal, let's go to you for your number four. <laughs> um, it's so funny. I'm like re-glancing at my list. Um, maybe I'm being biased because I'm just from the area. I've just got a... This is a great year for California. I've got a lot of California on my list here. Um, my number four is going to be Reality Check by Fury. Um, that Kingdom Come um, 7-inch came out that year. Um, and yeah um like forced order i feel like they kind of came in you know um 
hard and heavy, ready to go. Um, my favorite part about this song in particular, um, Zach, I think you said it earlier, um, something along the lines of like, you love like a really fast part in a song. I feel like reality check like nails that. Um, and during the part where I, I think it's like just super groovy, especially um, when um, the lyrics time and time again, you break before my you break before I bend. There's like a groovy little riff there. And then it just immediately hits like with reality check and it's just super fast. And then it goes back into the groove and then it's go fast, goes fast again. So that is my that's my next pick. Yeah, this is kind of the breakout year for Fury, like for seven inch. And uh, I have a different song on my list that I might get to might not. Um, but this thing's a rager, you know, they really, they show what they can do, you know, and, and obviously like, I think the first LP is obviously better than this, but like, this is still super ill for a, a young new band at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it for sure. Love it. Okay. I got to choose my next song and good God, man, it's getting hard. Let me just take my forced order song to get it out there. And I'm going to take the title track eternal war. And I made some notes. Yeah. So I love it. It's a fast song. And one of the, one of the things I love about it is on the first verse, they do like a cymbal choke sequence, like halfway through. So it's like, you can't just settle into this fast part. Like we're keeping you on your toes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just, they're, they're really, really good at songwriting. Like, this is a great hardcore band. And this record especially. I think that they put out another EP this year. Did they do a thing on Rev as well, Chris? Do you know? Yeah. Well, they had that LP. Okay. I think I they see did the like covers a, in my mind, but... Yeah, I think they did another EP, and it was like... This one is like the one. Like, it's so good all the way through. They're, uh, anyway... Okay, so then the chorus, they go to like fast palm mute picking, which is another thing I love. And then going into the mosh part, like they do a bounce mosh, like on the ring out. And then they go to a full on stomp mosh when like the scene comes in. And that's like one of the greatest, again, like a hardcore trope, like go bouncy on the ring out. And then it's like, we're going to like palm muting stomp mosh when the scene comes in. Like perfect. Sounds great every time. These guys are great songwriters. So it sounds extra awesome when they do it. And then to cap it off, they do like an integrity ass sounding solo at the end, which is actually a really good solo. Like they're not just doing like a garbage, like toss away solo, like, Oh, let's do a solo at the end. You know, that'll sound cool. Like the dude actually like laid down a pretty sick solo and the whole song for like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like build up to breakdown, breakdown and solo. They do it in one minute and 18 seconds. Like they legit wrote an opus that was like under a minute 20. So ill. This band rules so hard. This record rules so hard. I absolutely love it. And I'm glad that I got my pick on the list. Forced order eternal war. What's up? Yeah, I think they kind of like, you know, carry on was one of those bands that could pack so much into like a 30 second song. Like forced order could do that as well. Just they did it down tuned and uh <laughs> yeah yeah they uh the retribution seven inch came out on rev in 2014 too i thought that was a year later but you are correct they had two seven inches this year yeah yeah i i they are both good but this one is like i thought significantly better 
Yeah. And, you know, I hate to go back to like the art, keep going back to the art, but like the artwork is just so, I mean, not the other one is bad, but it's just so much more, I don't know. It has like an aura, a feel to it that matches the music and it's so sick. Do you, I hate to put you on the spot, uh, but Crystal or Chris, do you know which one came out first? Ooh, I don't know. I'm sorry, this, for what? For this, the Force Order, because they put out two EPs this year. I think Eternal War came out first. but Yeah, I think that, that the, the de- they put out a demo um, mm-hmm. that had songs that were featured on the EP. That was 2014, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 14 was a crazy year. I wonder if the Rev one was a little rushed. That's that's what I'm wondering because like these Maybe. these songs on here are so like well thought out. It's like it's in 2021 you could have just dragged this out and had this be like an LP. Like the songs are that good. Like if they would have tossed two more songs on, it's like we got it. You know, we just wrote a like near perfect hardcore LP. You know, and so that's all. I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to bring up negativity of not liking the other seven inches much. It's just yeah, the other one's good. It's not bad. It's, it's good. Just, it's just they set the bar so high on this. Like. Yeah. This record, okay, from doing this whole exercise, this took a little more work than like some of the other subjects we've done just because they're more in my wheelhouse. And like I said on the intro, it's like I don't really remember what came out in 2013 or 2015 or 2014. So like I'm diving back into this stuff and like listening to it. And this record is like one of the two standouts, along with like a band I'll pick um in the next round. Like these two records I just thought were so amazing and I've listened to them like multiple, multiple times in the last few weeks. So anyway, Chris, let's go to you for number four. Sick that you're waiting. Uh, save the best for last. So you could take a song off of the crew demo. <laughs> I try to stick the Spotify for the people, man. <laughs> oh, word, word. We got to get those songs transferred over. All right. Uh, so the first few songs that I took were kind of strategic based on, you know, I thought maybe some of them might get picked. This song might be my favorite song of this year. Um, if I'm just going, you know, stack ranking by, uh, you know, what means the most to me, but I'm taking a praise song off of lights went out. I'm a take, I'm taking afraid to ask, uh, yeah. This song, the guitar lead is so sick on it. Like on this mix, it is buried a little bit. Uh, so I prefer the version of the song that's on the two song seven inch, but we could save that for the 2011 super seven. Um, we talked about this on, on previous podcasts, but Andy is one of my favorite lyricists in hardcore. Like he's just so good at saying things in a simple, straightforward way that isn't coded messages. You know what he's saying. He rips his heart out. He puts it on display, but there's enough like purposeful vagueness that you, you can apply your own experiences and relate to the, to the lyrics more, even if you weren't in that exact situation. And I just love that so much about um, about his lyrics. And this song, I think, is one of the best examples of that, where, you know, the lyrics are a familiar story about someone who you love, who gets consumed by drugs and, you know, loses control of their lives. Um, you know, it, it's a very familiar trope in hardcore. 
Uh, the tone that he takes, though, is not accusatory. It's it's a tone of understanding and self-reflection of, you know, rather than accusing the person in question, it's like, what could I have done? Could I have done something to help this person? Like, and, and I think that that tone is awesome. Um, what gives it even more gravity is the knowledge that this is a song that Andy wrote about his brother who struggled with addiction that, you know, kind of consumed him and led him on a path that ultimately took his life. So this isn't, you know, just a straight edge song, like you've changed, man. You know, this is, this is like a real song about someone he loved, you know, more than anyone else in the world, his only brother. And literally this took him away from him with that finality of death. And like Andy's just like pouring his heart into this kind of open letter to him saying, you know, he wishes with all of his heart that there was something he could have done to help, uh, you know, something that he could have done to make things different. And it's just such a powerful song. And uh, so that is my song, Afraid to Ask. I love this song. Like those two praise seven inches. I love them, love them, love them. And this song specifically, like, I probably like the other seven inch more just because there's more material. But like this song, you know, this is a two song seven inch. There's one song on one side. There's one song on the other side. I listen to this song a shit ton of times, you know, without flipping the record. It sounds so sincere. Like when he says like, were you afraid? It's so good. Um, the only thing I would say, this is on my honorable mentions, just because again, I'm not trying to come with negativity, but like the EP version is so far superior. Like than this LP version. For sure. Um, and I'm glad they put it on the LP because it's such a great song. And how many people are buying a two song seven inch? I'm glad it's on there, but it's like the EP version is just so much better. Um, so yeah, I, I love that you got this because it's only honorable mention for me, but it's, it's on my list. And I got an, another song from them on my honorable mentions as well. So what's up with that? Praise rules. Dan, let's go to you for round number five. All right, it's getting really scary now because I still have probably seven songs I want to get in. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flow from Punch into the band that Keith, the guitar player of Punch, went on to do and is still doing today. Torso, the song is Progress, and this is off their Community Psychosis 7-inch that was released in June 2014. Um, this song is an absolute ripper. Um, I don't know if ev- everyone's listened to Torso out there, but if you haven't, listen to them. They're so good. Um, every member is just an absolute shredder at their part of the band. Um, I love their imagery. I love their lyrical content. I love everything about them. They're a vegan straight edge band that can play squats all over the world. That kind of wraps up what they sound like to an extent uh, and kind of where they go politically, lyrically, and uh, presentationally. Um, I, I really fucking love this band. This is the start of them. 
They're still going strong. They've just put out uh, a record on Rev, which both pressings have sold out. It's incredible. Fantastic. Um, May's uh, voice is, you know, we, we talked about Megan's blood curdling scream. This is like daggers and glass, like amazing, brutal voice. Um, Giacomo's drumming, Jasmine's bass, it's like everything about them, fucking amazing. Uh, and just a little bonus SD, wink and a nod. It has the words in the name of progression in the lyrics. So, <laughs> you know, a little unbroken nod there, perhaps. Who knows? Um, but I absolutely love this. And I just wanted to pick this next just because it flows so nicely from punch ending to torso beginning. Plus there's an umlaut. Yes, there is. Yeah. And, and whatever that um, Scandinavian O with the like, the, I think that's the youth of today. No more. Uh, no more. <laughs> yeah. That's the no more. O. <laughs> and anytime that revelation is putting out hardcore rules, so I was so happy to see this band land on Rev. Shout out to Adam Lentz and uh, the rules. This band rips, and yeah, rules that Rev's putting them out. This is a this is a band that my friend Daniel Sant got me into, actually. Yeah, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, yeah. For once, the hardcore flowed the other direction instead of Chris hipping me to every band on the planet. That's how it goes. We share and we share and we, yeah. Well, I get all my picks from Chris's playlist. What were you going to say, Crystal? I I heard you. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) I was actually going to say just, I, I think that this is another band that's gotten better with every single release they've ever done. Agreed. Um, and that was just a little note that I was going to say. Um, their last release um, that they put out, um, what was it? Build uh, not build and break. Uh, Home wrecked. Yep. Um, incredible. I remember when I, I remember exactly where I was when I listened to that album. I was like living um, in a studio apartment in my little dim lit kitchen. And listening to that and just being like, oh my God, I think I had it on repeat like for the rest of the night, no exaggeration. I was just fully immersed and in love with that release. So better with every release. They're great. Say I, I agree. And I also remember where I was when I heard this song, heard this for the first, <laughs> the, sorry, the new record for the first time. Uh, I don't know if you met uh, the 2014 record or home wrecked, but I was sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now, which is, <laughs> the desk that I use to work from home. And I remember like seeing it pop up on Twitter and being like, Oh yes, here's that band. Daniel hit me too. I'm going to check out their new stuff. That's so sick. They're on rev. And then instantly that got bloop plopped right over to my best of uh, whatever year we're in playlist. 2021. Yeah. Oh man. Hell yeah. This band rules. I'm so glad it's on the list, Daniel. And let's go to crystal for your next pick. All right. Um, I've decided to um, switch it up from California. I'm taking a chance. Uh, I'm going to Florida hardcore. Um, America's Hardcore Comp Volume 2 came out, um, which, in my opinion, is probably one of my favorites. Um, 
an incredible set of songs. One of them in particular is Joke After Joke by Unified Right. Um, I think it's very classic Florida hardcore. Um, Unified Right, I think, instrumentally and lyrically are fantastic. Um, and that's that's really all I've got to say about that one. Yeah, I, go ahead, Dan. Oh, sorry. I love this comp too. And um, one of the bands that is unfortunately becoming uh, is going to be a um, honorable mention because I'm just running out of space is uh, off this comp too, which is the Pure Disgust track, uh, Agents of the Machine. This comp is a banger, and I'm glad that you brought it up because it's a really... It, we've recently or sometime recently uh, talked about comps in some of our discussions and um, I will, it's a great reiteration of, of a comp can hip you to so many different bands and so many uh, like little windows into scenes across the country or across the world. Yeah. You know, tying in uh, like the discussion stuff, I was thinking about that during uh, the segment on torso and we've, we've kind of mentioned several times tonight about bands' releases getting better and better. And I think it would be interesting sometime if we do a discussion on, like, when that flipped. Because for so long in punk and hardcore, like, bands, their first release was, like, the classic. And then they kind of fell off, you know? And at some point, I think maybe in the late 2000s, it totally switched. And, like, bands started, like getting better and better on every release. It's pretty wild. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it still can be true at some point today that some bands put out the killer thing. And then, you know, a lot of the time, the stuff that we're looking back on and saying, no, this is the classic material is when they try and reinvent the wheel, you know, and go way different direction and sometimes that's just such a betrayal of their original sound so you just love the original stuff you know mm-hmm. that's fair i think the hardcore is so far along now too that like people are more comfortable in their own skin like they kind of know what hardcore is where before like when it's trying to figure itself out you know you're trying to branch out in different directions sorry chris go ahead uh no crystal i think I, I, no i didn't have anything all think- right I think that's fair with what you're saying, Zach, but I also feel um, musicality and and hardcore being such a wider genre now allows people to make impressive step-ups from record to record without being judged on leaving their old stuff behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the the boundaries have been smashed enough that people can... Like there, there's a wider palette to work with. Yeah. No, that's fair. Okay. I'm going to take my number five and I'm taking the band Rude Awakening. Um, they're listed as RA everywhere, but I think everyone just calls them Rude Awakening. Chris, am I correct? That's what I call them. Okay. Right on. Um, <laughs> this was the other record, their record collateral damage. Holy cow. I've listened to it so many times. It is so good. And, like, they do one of my favorite hardcore tropes, like, multiple times on this record, which is, like, the march to the mosh. You know, it's, like, when the kick drum's going and the riff is going and you know it's coming, and then it comes. You know, it's so ill. And the song I'm choosing 
this was so hard to narrow it down to. And I listened to this album so many times trying to do it. Ah, the song black widow is so good too, but I'm taking dragging the anchor. Um, well, I just want to say one other thing. This dude's lyrics, like they are so like biting in a way. Like it reminds me a lot of Dan from Downpressor, where it's like you almost want to say simple, but they're so biting and clever. It just makes it stand out and it is so good. Um, but this song is ill as hell. Uh it starts out like sounding all super triumphant with like a riff over just the kick drum. And then it kicks in like all mid tempo and like, I don't know, you kind of don't want to just pump your fist, but then it drops into like that classic, like NYHC bounce for the verse and the dude's got flow, you know, it's, it's super good flow. And then what makes the song kind of special is the choruses come off kind of like a bridge because it cuts out from having like a beat with a snare and he's just on the toms, like kind of like rhythmically. And it's like this real like bridge feel but it makes it feel so ill when it cuts back into the second verse and you're like back in that bounce with the flow. Like you're just bobbing your head like a motherfucker. I love it. And then let's see. Oh, the breakdown is again, one of my favorite hardcore tropes, which is like doing the youth crew toms with like the heavy palm muting over the top of it. So it, it knocks like so many things I like out of the park. Plus it, it goes to like a, uh, like a drop, like a kill mosh at the end too. So you're like doing the youth crew toms. And then of course it's going to drop. So like dudes are getting smashed and that's what's up. It's another like opus, like very similar to like the forced order. These two records, I listened to them so much back to back and they do so much in these straightforward hardcore lane. But like this song is like, again, it's like an opus, but it's a minute 49. So they're not even cracking two minutes and they tuck so much in here. It's really good. Clever songwriting good lyrics, everything about this record rules. I love it so much. Again, Chris, thanks for choosing this year. Cause I don't know if I would have rediscovered this record again. Like if it just would have come across and now it's like legit, one of my favorite records. I love it so much. So thanks, Chris. Well, also shout out to ravishing Rick rude. The, uh, the, the maker of the rude awakening and in my top three wrestlers of all time. A devastating finisher, you know? Uh, well, and then what happens to you after you're made incapacitated? <laughs> yeah, and also shout out to Cheryl Roberts. That was that was rude, what he said. <laughs> and what he put on his tights. That's right. At uh, SummerSlam 88, though, he got, he got whooped for it. So what's <laughs> up? Okay, let's go to you, Chris, for your round five. Uh, I hesitate to... After that little detour, I hesitate to to take another detour, but like, I just want to tell a quick story about Josh Hines, who sang in this band, uh, super instrumental uh, in booking a lot of Boston area shows uh, and like South New Hampshire shows. We we were on tour with uh, uh, Agnostic Front and an Outbreak, and we played the show in uh, I think Manchester, New Hampshire, in. Like basically, you know, you know, when you play one of those shows at the venue where everyone's like, oh, yeah, no one comes here because this venue sucks. Like, you know, the the people that work here are like drug dealers or biker gang or they, you know, uh, 
the bouncers have guns. Like it was basically one of those scenarios and everyone, like kids were getting kicked out for moshing. And like, Josh was like, dude, see this place sucks, man. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, Hey, you guys got a day off on this tour, like up in the Northeast. Why don't you come play my venue in, in like Northern Massachusetts, like outside of Boston. He's like, who do you want to play? And uh, so AF couldn't do it. Cause Roger had to go like renew his visa or something like that. And, uh, and uh, so outbreak, it was us and outbreak. And he's like, who do you guys want to play? And I'm like, I kind of gave him my wish list, you know? Uh, and this kind of speaks for the era. Cause you know, a few years later, this probably couldn't have happened in this room, but like, I was like, guns up verse have heart. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll ask him. And uh, between like in the three days or so between that time, like Josh te- like texted me and was like, yo, none of these bands could play. And then like all of them flipped by, by that time. And so the show ended up happening. Uh, Wake up call played too, but like, imagine like that lineup, like outbreak guns up, have heart verse. And it was such a sick show in this tiny little spot. And, um, the, the, the singer of, uh, guns up got stuck in traffic or something. So, uh, Chucky edge actually sang for, for guns up, which was kind of a little added bonus, but shout out Josh Hines and, uh, you know, all the work that he did in the scene up there. The rules, the rules, but Chris, all right. Uh, speaking of like drug dealers and biker gangs and guns, uh, <laughs> not really but like it b- sounds like a bit ba- the band sounds like w- that vibe and i'm gonna take a cold world song off of uh from oh, how the gods here you show. go it's a steal for sure let's go <laughs> uh maybe I'm, I'm gonna take kind of a weird one because this is not a song that dan sings on which is kind of feels weird to do like feels dirty but the song is so sick i'm taking uh never knows best that you're safe, Zach? I'm safe, and so's Daniel. I'm I'm giving the one to Daniel. Yeah, like this song straight up sounds like it could be on Prone Mortal Form by Only Living Living Witness. And uh Alex, the guitar player, I think, sang on this one. And his voice is so rad. Like I wish he sang in another band ASAP. Uh because it's just it's such a good, you know, only living witness style song, and he has such a cool voice for it. And I just love this this track. Uh, this is uh, I just want to say too. This is a late release for this band. Like um, I think by this point, Dan was probably living in the UK, and that's why they had a bunch of different guest vocalists and stuff like that. But um, you know, this is a band that was. You know, we talked earlier about how art is such an important part, and this is a band where the art was definitely an important part. Like this is more of a a musical cultural experience this band was than just a band, you know, um, the aesthetics of their art, um, you know, the music, obviously the merch, like, uh, yeah, like they were marketing geniuses. Uh, so that's sick. And I think, you know, another thing too, you kind of, you know, I may be off here, but I kind of feel like you have to kind of give them credit for being, the band that made it okay for hardcore kids to like biohazard and like life of agony and you know bands like that and you know i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing but like it's definitely a big thing uh and i think the credit goes to them i think that's fair and there is definitely a gap 
right? Like uh, they start in kind of the early mid two thousands. This LP comes out twenty fourteen, so it's a it's a several year gap between like it's like a six year gap between the LPs. Although there were some EPs in between, but I don't think that there's fall off. You know, like this is still a great LP, and yeah, this is like a it's a tentpole band of the era. Like there's no denying it. You know, Cold World is one of the the key bands for sure. Dan, you want to go in on this or you want to wait till you do your pick? Um, I, well, I, I, I can't echo enough what Chris says about this is an aesthetic of a, of an entire project. Like from every hip hop sample that goes into the songs from every little bit of imagery, uh, photographically that, like leads their different LPs and EPs to the records being named after cool hip hop songs or lyrics, like everything about them. It, it just, yeah, they scratch me where I itch, you know, like I, I, I love when you can see the entire circular thought that goes into stuff that, it's uh powerful and i think this band is is fantastic um do you want to go right into taking that song or you're not scared that i'm going to swoop it next round uh, i'm like okay yeah i will i'm going to do the real deal yep um yeah. it's such an incredible song um it starts out, you know, very just really good, like chugga, ch- for lack of a better term, because it's not full on chugga chugga, but it's like upbeat, yo, uh, chugga chugga, like verses. And there's, um, you know, it's about, <laughs> I mean, it just starts, open your eyes to the real deal, shit's going down and it don't matter how you feel. Um, but there's a, there's a, uh, a line where it's addressing the person like you know it doesn't matter how you feel if you don't know what this is about and i love the line it stands out lyrically too like uh, the way his voice comes across on the delivery of this line is just so sick it's like you forgot the words well i forgot your name like it's so <laughs> it's so <laughs> sick. I I love it. Like, yeah, you forgot what this is all about. Well, I don't even fucking remember you. I don't care. <laughs> um, but then it, it builds to this breakdown, and this is my one thing. Like, I love the original Cold World seven inch, and then uh dedicated to babies who are born feet first came out and I couldn't get down with the you know, the Hetfield-esque singing on it at the time like it really bothered me because it wasn't on the original ep and so it was like a style thing and it took me a while to to come around but on this breakdown where it it kicks in and um he goes i used to see right into you now i see right through you and he sings it while the most fucking egregious mosh part is happening like this song is so ill and is is just so catchy and so great and so hard 
I, I fucking love it. And I love Cold World, and I love that we did two picks back-to-back. Yeah, and I apologize, Crystal, if I push Dan into stealing your pick. Quite all right. It was bound to happen with when I saw that How the Gods Chill was a 2014 release. I was like, there's no way that <laughs> that's not going to get taken. Um, but uh, if if it's cool, I'll go and I'll shift it. I'll shift the the combo from heavy hitters to the underdog. Was this going to be on your list? Oh, the real deal was absolutely going to be on my list. Yeah. Yeah. This song, like, you know, there's a lot of the early ones that hit fucking hard, right? When they play live, but this one, all four walls are getting smashed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The final mosh on this song is what's happening. It's so ill. All right, hit us with that underdog, Richie. Okay. Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one I feel was a band that just flew completely under the radar. Um, and and I I truly, truly do not understand why. Um, are you guys familiar with the band Cool Side? They're from uh again from California. I, I think that just that is just very telling of how deeply involved and in love I was with Southern California hardcore that year. <laughs> Crystal, you got to hit those archives. We did a whole segment on the seven inch, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's uh, good. Yeah. So um, certified banger by cool side um, is, is my draft pick um, for what are we in round five right now? Um, I think we're six now. Oh my God. Yeah. We're six. Um, this is a song that just kind of keeps you on your toes. It starts with like a really cool, like kind of like a buildup riff, you know, where it's like pretty hard. Um, and then it kind of goes into that like melodic fast part. And then it kind of slows down again and you get that little breakdowny, like, uh, like I, it's really, it's, it's, I don't, it just it leaves me speechless. First of all, I can't get my words together. Secondly, <laughs> I feel like it's one of those songs that plays like going all over the map, like and weaves weaves the song together so perfectly that it I I don't understand why they were ever an underdog band. I I do feel like they were heavily underrated, um, but uh, certified banger is in fact. A certified banger. Um, so if you haven't listened to Cool Side, um, heavily recommend you do it. It's off of the album Own the Zone, which is actually their first release. Um, so yeah, certified banger. Yeah, it's their demo, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you do you know, and I hate to put you on the spot, but there's a song called Certified that's off the last seven inch they did in 2019. Is it the mm. same song? Oh, uh I I'm not sure about that. Actually, yeah. I'm really bad with song titles. Um, I know, I know. That's why, like, I served that up, and I knew it was a dick move. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. You know what? I don't think so. Um, also, Crystal, do you have any idea how to solve world peace? Do I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, we need uh, we need. In and out to start serving uh, vegan patties. I think that's the first step. I agree with that. 
Oh, I, let's have a discussion. I completely disagree with that. What? Yeah. Okay. Here's the reason. I I'm not vegan, but I'm vegetarian for a long time. And like, you know, these, these chain restaurants, they put out like vegetarian or vegan options. Like I remember when KFC did it, like maybe a half a year, a year ago. And like, people were so excited. Like, Oh, KFC has like vegan chicken. What's up? And it's like, fuck that dude. I don't, I really don't want to support a business. That's like their whole business is killing chickens. You know, same with in and out, like how many hamburgers are they serving? Like, I would much rather have like a restaurant come up. Like there's evolution here in San Diego, which is a drive through. I'd rather have them expand. There's plant-based protein. Like there are, there is chains that are coming up. Like I would rather not have like these restaurants that their backbone is selling hamburgers, like get more profit, I guess. I agree with that. Um, But on the flip side of that as well, I, um, and I, I think that having that plant-based option for people to try kind of in the mainstream, because no one's going to go out and buy a vegan patty if, yeah. and, and make a vegan meal. I think that if you have these options at these chains, then um, it kind of entices people more, um, especially if you're going to like Burger King and you see that the Impossible Whopper on Wednesdays is only $2.00. You guys know where I'm eating every Wednesday. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, like someone who has never before tried the Impossible Burger um, might be enticed to go, you know, spend $2 to go try that. Um, So I completely understand where you're coming from, Zach, um, on like the the uh, anti-animal factory farming side of it. Um, on the flip side of it too, um, you know, well, I think that you make a great point, Dan, just real quick before you jump in. Um, I think that's a great point, Crystal, like that. It's like basically the starter kit, you know, and then open up people's eyes. I think that's really fair. And that is a good point. So I concede and Daniel, go ahead. I was going to say both points are extremely valid. The one thing that I have personally witnessed multiple times is when I, when the beyond first came to Carl's jr and we went and got it. Cause the Carl's jr here in Oakland doesn't have a drive through. You got to go in. And when we went and got the beyond, there were many people in line asking us, Oh, what's that about? And then ordered it after us to try it. And so, you know, there's a little starter kit for you. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go stand in the corner. <laughs> That's not to say that I'm not going to plant power to get a milkshake every single time I'm down there. It would definitely, now that I know what's out there, I absolutely go, would rather go spend my money there. But I think it's a great starting place. for. Yeah, see, I'm a double dick because I got the name of the restaurant wrong. (laughs) I didn't get in and out wrong. What the fuck? I'm the problem. (laughs) We have massively digressed. Yeah. I love it. That was a good little discussion. So much appreciated. I don't uh, feel as bad about that uh, rude awakening detour. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was nice. Like you added serious flavor to that because that that band was was never on my radar. Other than like they did a split with Death Threat, so I know those songs because I love everything Death Threat ever did. Really, just everything Aaron ever did. Um, but yeah, so that that is a nice little touch of color. It was much appreciated. Have really- you heard? Aaron's pop punk band singing about twin pink songs. No. That's a deep cut. 
No. It's surprisingly good. So, I don't know if I can find it, but if I can, I'll, I'll send it your way. All right. Much appreciated. Yeah. You know, and, and as a Cold World stitchback, I mean, and tying in Aaron, Cold World and yeah. uh, Pillars of Ivory, like there, there's a nice direct through line there. You know, like, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to take my number six and the ringworm album from this year, hammer the witch might be their second best album. And it's like one of those things, like without the nostalgia attached to the promise, this might be their best record. It is so surprisingly good. And just like with the, uh, the Root Awakening and the Force Order, it was so hard to narrow down to choose a song. But I'm going to take We'll Always Have the End. Good God, man. Again, so many great songs on this record, but this one is just like classic, classic ringworm. The recording on this is so good. Human Furnace sounds as good as he's ever sounded, which is like that perfect shredded voice. I love it. This one it starts like that classic slow fast that like is been made famous by integrity and, and ringworm, you know, it's like the fast beat, but it's like as slow as you can play a fast beat, which is so ill. And then drop, they dropped a mid tempo. So you're banging your head. And then uh, the verse is like the drop tempo with like lots of accents and it picks up for the chorus. It's like, they're really keeping you on your toes here. And then um, the illest thing about the song is after the second chorus, it does like symbol dynamics and you think like a mosh is coming, but they're like, nah, fuck you right turn. And they just go into like this blazing solo over a fast beat. And it's just like, it's perfect ringworm, right? Like the songwriting is, it's like on the level of like the best heavy metal bands. Like they're, they're one of the biggest, like, I don't know, like tragic tales of music almost, right? Like they're, they're like your favorite band's favorite band but they should be like headlining festivals all over the world. Like they're that good. Every time you see them, you're like, this is the greatest band ever. Every time they put out a record, you're like, how the fuck did they do it again? You know, like it's just so criminal. This band isn't huge, huge. And uh, this record is out of this world. This song is a great representation of the record. Although like, this is a record where it's not like, standouts and duds like the whole thing bangs it's classic ringworm in 2014 which is just out of this world considering like the promise came out in what 91 92 daniel do you know um god just throwing out the old softballs eh? well it it came out in the first half of the 90s you can say that right it's early it's like because they're on par with integrity yeah early trailblazers of like metal tinged in yeah yeah before 95 so anyway that's my choice ringworm the song will always have the end and chris let's go to you for your number six yeah according to discogs i'm seeing 93 for the promise which may or may not be right uh before i go to mine i actually there was something i wanted to say (laughs) about cool side before we went down uh the world peace route um Awesome band. I think I may be misremembering this, but uh, I want to say like Step for Change come up to Seattle and the singer of Cool Side was like filling in on drums for Step for Change um, or maybe he played in the band. Um, but Step for Change played and like 
during their set, they did a little, you know, the switcheroo instrument change and did a couple cool side songs. And I remember just like, I had never heard the band at that point. And uh, it just was kind of like, Oh, what's going on here. And it was so sick. It definitely made me be like, Whoa, this, this is a cool thing. Like I need to look into this band a little bit more. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And their, and their 2019 seven inch is so good. Like, I hope that they're not a band. We lose to COVID. Like I hope that they're around and going to do more music. Daniel, sorry. His voice is so sick and the band is so sick. And that seven inch Zach is talking about that we discuss if you want to go back into the 185 archives. Um, it's amazing. It is the rightful heir to the count me out sound that we've all been dying for. You know? Yeah, I love it. Love it. Chris, let's go to you for number six. All right. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit sideways here and get some street punk. Um, I'm going to take me off of maybe my favorite record of this year. I'm taking noise, how we made it through. Um, if you're unfamiliar with noise, there's a little exclamation point after the I. So it, there's like a little hidden oi in there. Um, Tacoma band. Uh, you know, this is, this record's so good start to finish that I really had a hard time picking one song because there's so many candidates it's just a fantastic street punk record. Um, and all people that are like connected with hardcore, um, San Diegans may be familiar with their first guitar player, Justin IB, who was in uh, Forced Life and what, Damned from Day One? And Good Day Gone Bad, which a is good. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so he was original guitar player and then he left the band, and Jesse, who was in Left With Nothing, uh, took over for him. And then the drummer, Kenny, was in a bunch of Northwest hardcore bands, including a band that I played in called Poverty Bay Saints. Um, it's funny because Poverty Bay Saints was kind of going for this sound a little bit, maybe a little bit more hardcore. And then he, um, you know, we broke up and uh, he joined this band. And uh, he, I want to say like his third show was with Coxbar and <laughs> Rancid. So uh, they eased him into that one. Um yeah, just a little show. A few people were at that one, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, really catchy songs. Like the singer, if you haven't heard them before, so the singer kind of has like a little bit of a Mark Stern from Youth Brigade sounding voice. Um, and and he plays bass in the band as well. And then some parts, almost every song, the guitar player sings like a verse. Um, and he has maybe a little bit more of a raspy, kind of like a Matt Freeman from Rancid style, um, but not quite as deep. Um, and so like their vocal dynamics of, of their two styles are just so cool and play off each other really well. Um, I feel like they're pretty big in like the oi and street punk scene, but probably not a lot of like hardcore kids are into them, but I definitely recommend checking out this record called how we made it through. If you go on, uh, Spotify, it says it came out in 2018, I think, but I double checked just to make sure I wasn't spreading false gospel here that it did come out in 2014 yeah well they have an lp the the scars we hide that came out in 2014 i think right and the one i like is like the 12 inch ep right before it the rising tide one i loved a lot this one was really really good i i thought you and dan would take songs off it and 
I narrowed it down. I think the record has 12 songs. I narrowed it down to seven. And then I was like, ah, fuck it. Chris and Dan will take this. It's so good. And you're right. Like, I think they're big in like the, like, if you like swinging utters, you're going to like this. Um, there's another band mm-hmm. called the Bell Tones that I like a lot. Yeah, if you like the Bell good. Tones, you like this. Um, it's so good. The dude's voice is a lot like the Bell Tones guy's voice. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of a, a gravelly, but can hit all those notes and it sounds soulful and nice. And it's rad, dude. This, this record is really, really good. I had trouble narrowing it down that I just gave up because I was spending too much time trying to decide what rude awakening and forced order songs. Yeah. I want. But it's killer, man. Like I got it down to seven and it was hard to narrow it beyond that. So that's a good record. Dan, do you have uh did this make your list or honorable mention? It's definitely an honorable mention. Um, they've been a, a very consistent band for their pretty much entire existence. Uh, this is some grade A stuff in this year, but it only hit honorable mentions. There's just too much good stuff. It's like AM, PM. Yeah, <laughs> guess. yeah 2014 sleeper-ass year, dude. So ill. All right, well, we got to go to the heartbreaker round. Um Dan, final pick. What's up? Oh my god, I have three that have to be this pick, um, and then a bunch of honorable mentions as well. Um, okay, so I actually I got four that I'm trying to get in. All right, um, I'll save. I'll save the others for honorable mentions, but I have to, you know, you call this the heartbreak around for a reason. And I am going to have to leave that absolutely (laughs) amazing Bane song that I said I was going to get to later. I'm going to have to leave that off for a song that I just listened to a lot more unfortunately do you know like i've got to be brutal and say no even though the bane one lyrically is so incredible i listen to this song so much more because i listen to this song a lot (laughs) so i'm gonna have to put it on the list which is battle ruins slaughtering the wolves like sheep um are you guys familiar with Battle Ruins? Yeah, but I was on the late train. Like these records are all super expensive now. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of this band. Oh my god, Chris, it's gonna You're gonna love it, dude, because you got a soft spot for this stuff. Love it. So Battle Ruins are a Massachusetts oi- Oh, yes, I have heard of this band. It's members so, of uh Rival Mob, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they essentially sound like Slapshot. <laughs> like if Slapshot loved Iron Maiden and uh, Thin Lizzy to an extent. Um, <laughs> this song in particular sounds like Slapshot playing uh, Iron Maiden light, like Paul Diano era Iron Maiden. <laughs> um and the song is awesome. The lyrics are really cool. Slaughtering the wolves like sheep. Like, what a fucking... The imagery that that creates. Um, 
I just had to be real. This is like amazing uh, American oi with a rock and roll influence. Um, it's it's really incredible, and I, I've got to uh, I've got to choose this as my number seven, and and I'll I'll tell you the rest when it comes to you know I'm not gonna do a, I'm not gonna do a veg list of a billion. Uh, honorable mentions what i will do is just honorably mention like three or four songs that didn't make the list and it's heartbreaking that they didn't but i'm happy battle ruins is on it and yeah respect i think my seven songs represent my experience of music from this year really well yeah i'm so stoked this landed on your list i i it wasn't even on my narrow down just because i didn't realize it was 2014 Good God. It's weird. Like it's hard to narrow down these years in the last like decade, but uh, yeah. So stoked to Sarah crystal. Let's go to you for your final pick. Number seven. All right. So I also had a lot of difficulty narrowing this down as I'm looking at my list. Um, A lot of it kind of had to do with, do I choose um, the, song that I had it really came down to what song am I going back to the most um similar to Dan um and and I just I I just had to 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 choose um the band whose six songs and only released six songs I've always found myself coming back to um throughout the years. Um, and that is um, Far From by Violent Situation. Um, band put this out on the Extermination Volume 2 comp and and then only released their demo and then nothing else. Um, and I am always craving more, um, especially because not only do I love Austin, he drums in Initiate, um, but even before I knew him, which was when he was singing in Violent Situation, I was just always in love with just the energy that he had um, and and just the way that his he just the the way that he just sings um, on the record or yells in the record. Um, and then also instrumentally like the 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 lineup for violence situation is is definitely filled with heavy hitters um and who all have have had great bands of their own as well and i think that the culmination that became violent situation also just makes it really great and stand out on its own so that is my number seven pick and i'll save the one that i struggled against that um for the honorable mentions one but that one was a tough one this last one was definitely a tough one Someone, yeah. really, someone really missed the trick in uh, 2014 by not having a violent reaction, violent situation, split seven inch. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020, Dan. How about that? Or 2021. True, true. <laughs> yeah, they were um, a cool band. Uh, such a great name for a band, too. Like, I don't know. It's just like violent situation. I mean, obviously, like a radio reference. Uh, and the artwork is sick too. Like just that little like graffiti style thing. I can't wait to hear it on the playlist. That's what it's all about. All right. 
I'm going to take my number seven and I am going to, this was so hard, dude. Cause okay. I won't, I won't honorable. I won't go in on all the honorable mentions before it's time, but uh, I'm going to take the misery song burn. It's the first one on their EP from that year. Um, this seven inch is really, really good. And their LP is really, really good. Just good songwriting. Uh, metallic hardcore out of san diego but this song again it's like you can tell i'm leaning like on the short stuff because for metal hardcore and to do a song around a minute but to have it be sick is so ill um this song starts mid-tempo with like a super rad solo and then like there's a very abrasive tempo change when the singing comes in this like it makes you turn your head you know it's like it takes you out of the groove and you're like oh shit now we're on this other shit what's up and then it gets catchy, like they just do like a chorus type part that they go a couple times, and then we're out. But this song is like one of those songs that just gets me every time, and it's like one of those ones where you listen to it, and it's like, repeat, repeat, repeat. And I think this this is a good-ass band, dude. The 7-inch and the LP were both really good. Luckily, both of them got out there. I think people are aware of this band. They deserve like whatever accolades they got because they're great songwriters. Um, and this song is a total standout for me. So that is my number seven, but it is heartbreaking. A lot of the stuff that didn't get on here because there's a lot of standout stuff from this year, but Chris, let's go to you for your last pick. All right. Yeah. Like, uh, to echo what, uh, Crystal said earlier, like there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Southern California around this time. I remember even like, you know, like I wasn't touring or anything like that. I was up here pretty new in my career in a you know, station at work and Rainfest every year, like everyone coming up, all the bands playing. And um, there was definitely a lot of good stuff in, in Southern California around this time. So super sick. Uh, Heartbreak Ground, a band that I want to take so bad, but they do not have this record is not on Spotify. Uh, but I'm going to take a second to talk about it here and you'll see why in a second, but vacant state from Vancouver, BC put out one of the best records of this year. Um, it's right up there with that noise record. Um, it's the chains EP. This would 100% be on my list. If it was on Spotify, um, if anyone hasn't heard it, like fans of like, basically all the bands that Dan mentioned, like all the UK bands, uh, you know, fans of like 86 mentality, uh, you know, violent reaction, any of that stuff will love it as well as like, you know, like I think fans of Gulch would love it too. It's just like gnarly, like Boston influenced hardcore. Um, so if you have heard them, check them out, Vacant State on Bandcamp. And uh, hopefully maybe Zach will let me come on here sometime and talk about uh I can't remember the branding. Uh, so sorry, Zach. But when we talk about like uh, cheap rec- records on Discogs that you can Oh, get, yeah. Let's do it. Because their record, I recently realized that you could get all of their records for like under $10 each. And I bought every single one, including the ones that I already had. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. Uh, so check it out. Vacant State. Uh, so I cheated and... and hold up what i'm i'm last you know so whatever i could do this right um nard curse pick uh so i'm gonna take the song vacant state 
by the band Bishop's Green, which is another oi street punk band. This one from Vancouver. Um, I am not sure if like both bands are kind of like uh, boot crowd bands. Like one is definitely more hardcore and one's definitely more oi vacant state and Bishop's Green. Um, so I assume that these people are friends or maybe they aren't. And this is a diss track. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a reference as out of respect or a diss track, but. Um, <laughs> don't start beef on the pod, Chris. Come on. <laughs> it's certainly a diss track about someone because like the, the lyrics are vacant state, vacant life. Um, anyways, this band is super sick. Uh, the singer has a really cool, unique voice. I feel like a lot of modern Oi bands um, kind of have that similar like angry skinhead voice and his this guy's voice is a little bit um, higher and tuneful and it gives it more of a classic feel like this you know their records could be you know fit in with that first wave of Oi you know somewhere in the blitz territory but not quite like criminal damage where it's like a mathematic formula um this song's dope. It's got, uh, the intro starts out really cool. It's kind of like a slow single note on a guitar string, like on one string, not a chord. And it kind of has vibes of maybe like a Joy Division intro, like maybe on the song uh, Disorder or like, you know, Dead Souls, how it has kind of like that mellow. And then it like picks up the pace and gets into more like that way tempo. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about the song. It's an awesome song great band from the northwest check them out bishops green yeah no, with, no apostrophe before the s there's no it's not possessive <laughs> i appreciate that you know we got mathematics we got grammar what's up um this is cool and you know we we do the side a side b segment on here and chris you mentioned the intro of this song this is the first song on side b and like i think it's total deliberate like the placement of the song, because like, if you were like listening on a CD, you know, it'd be like, why are they burying like a super standout track, like in the middle of the record, but it is, it's gotta be to kick off the flip, you know, on side B it's gotta be. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is a great pick. I think that these lists are awesome and diverse. And again, like all these super sevens, I can't wait to make and listen to the playlist. Um, Dan, let's go to you. Actually, you know what? Let's go to me for honorable mentions because i will fly through um cruel hand later album but the song pissing spitting is so catchy had to get on yeah seven seconds leave the light on this was my backup seven second song i just wanted on my my list and it sounds like kind of like later ignite and this is just i'm not gonna i won't break down all these songs but this vocal performance by by Kevin Seconds is so good, and it's just notable, and I want to tip my hat to him. What's up, Kevin? You killed it on this song. Nailed it. Uh, Wisdom and Chains, Last Thoughts, Slapshot, Never Trust a Junkie, Every Song Off the Forest Order, Eternal War record, Every Song Off the Rude Awakening, Collateral Damage record, Sheer Terror, Love You Like a Leper, Earth Crisis, Depraved Existence, Criminal Instinct, SFW, and I just want to note like that Sheer Terror and Earth Crisis and Ringworm for that matter, these are like classic bands that put out like really good records this year. That Sheer Terror record is a good listen the whole way through. 
the Earth Crisis, like I never listened to anything after Gamora's, and I listened to this whole record, and it was surprisingly good. Like, if you are looking for like that kind of riffy groove, like I know a lot of bands do riffy groove, but you know how Earth Crisis does it, and sometimes you just want that. There's a lot of it tucked into this record. Like, this is a good Earth Crisis record. And it's 2014. It totally shocked me. Um, I really, really like it. So shout out to Earth Crisis for keeping it real and putting out a dope LP in 2014. Dan, let's go to you. Honorable mentions. Okay. I'm just going to focus on uh, th- three that I, re- that I really want to, you know, discuss to an to a lesser extent um the flex intro slash wild stabs in the dark um off the wild stabs in the dark ep unbelievable like uk hardcore at its most ripping it's um it's just it's it's fucking incredible um listen to it listener trust me um shout out modern mike um then X cult ties you up. X cult are a post punk esque band that sound like the wipers and, um, the fall and Jonathan Richmond kind of all have a, a menage a trois and write really catchy, amazing music. Uh, Buzzcock's in there a little bit too, but they're very, post-punky the fall is a definitely a strong influence it's an incredible uh song i prefer their first ep that's why they didn't smash their way through um and solidify their place on the thing and then um the band that just missed out of the list which you know is the the bane song that i was referencing earlier which is all the way through that song musically starts out with like an intro that's maybe some of the hardest music Bane's ever written. Like it's really uh, crazy. And then it breaks into your very typical Bane one guitar taken off from the pack type thing. And uh, there's group vocals that they will try to take this from you. And then Bedard lyrically breaks down. Um, both being disappointed and absolutely elated with hardcore and that expressing that some of these people will never, you know, looking back at our heroes, you're let down, but at the same time, I mean, I just love this. Does growing old mean growing strong enough to kill your sentimental side and set free all those little butterflies from the cage that housed your beating heart? He talks about the enthusiasm and the incredible nature that we experience hardcore and what it can do to us that you can't really express, but he expresses very well in these lyrics. Um, And then there's an element where the, the song ends where he's saying, you know, we look into these people so much of, and he's almost saying like evaluate the words and the influence that you are engaging in because 
uh, well, I'll just say his line, poison words prey on lovesick minds, meaning that, you know, it he may come off as an old fogey talking to you saying like, yo, this band or these lyrics or this sentiment in hardcore is fucked up. But to somebody young, it might be amazing, but he's just urging people to evaluate what they're taking in. And I just think it's an incredible song. If I listen to it more, I mean, lyrically, it should be on my list. I I, I just think it is a brilliant piece of writing, but I had to be true just knowing that the Battle Ruins is on uh, rotation just a little bit more, even though I love Bane and, you know, uh, you, you know, it, they're just one of the, you know, tent poles that have to be accessed. I think that was a great, that was a great breakdown. And I think you gave the song its due glory. You know, anytime you can say as a lyricist yourself, like I have trouble expressing the way I feel about something, but this person did it pretty well. Like that's the highest compliment you can give to another lyricist, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I think it's an incredible song. So not only do we urge uh, the listeners of the pod to check out the songs on the podcast, but you know what? Sometimes throw up the lyrics and read along while you're listening. And sometimes you will be taken to a whole new experience of the song, especially someone as idiotic as myself, who frequently mishears what words are and ends up singing all the wrong words. I'm like, why did he say that? Well, if I just pulled up the lyrics, I could actually see. Yeah, we'll get there someday because like Spotify, you have to submit all the lyrics. So someone's got to be programming that you listen to a song and they can come up. I would hope. I hope we get there. Crystal, let's go to you for uh, honorable mentions. Um, there's no fucking way I can follow up how poetic Dan just was. Um, <laughs> so I'll be quick. <laughs> that was very beautiful, very beautiful and descriptive. <laughs> um so uh, my honorable mentions, um, the one that I kind of um, had trouble picking between Violent Situation um, and this band was um, Protester. Um, DC Hardcore, I feel like that year definitely did a lot. Um, their 7-inch came out that year. Left to Rot was the song of choice for me. Um, I think that kind of goes back into the hardcore trope of just like a very like fuck you type of song um and um along with dc standoff demo um not the one i feel like that was very um typical dc youth crew um i also just really love um their their vocalist was very very young i think they were like 15 16 years old and so i love it when um really young kids can like put themselves out on projects like that so that was one of my honorable mentions um and uh i'm gonna have to agree with chris on the um angel dust choice my choice from that album was actually take my love um and i just love a good love song and i think that that album definitely set off um you know, like, like definitely set their, like cleared their path, um, to, to really take off. So those are my three. Well, I love that protester got mentioned. Um, I bought the protester straight edge, uh, pressing of the LP, which I think is one of the greatest, 
you know, like we talked about the, I, I hate to use the term marketing because it's not marketing. It's just such a fucking cool idea. Um, they did a, a thing that you have to be straight edge to order this certain pressing of their LP. And if it, if you sell out, you have to turn it over to a straight edge person. You can't keep it. <laughs> and just hats off to that. Like I, <laughs> there's certain things that just, you know, they're silly enough and they're amazing enough to just make my, like make me float on air. And that's one of them. I just loved it. Yeah. No comment. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to Chris. Zach's like, I didn't want that record anyways. <laughs> I know. I'm going to buy it just to snap it. <laughs> Tape yourself burning it. <laughs> uh, Chris, let's go to you. Honorable mentions. Um, side note, uh, in the text chain, we talked about a record this year that I bought uh, literally at a show, like a pretty limited version. And it was the uh, Angel Dust, the pink record. And I was sitting there talking to Justice, like literally... <laughs> Within the first minute, I bought it from him, right? Just kind of like BSing with him. And then slip, it slipped out of my hand, just like mid-sentence and landed right on the corner like a big old bat. Like, oh, well, all right. I guess I, that's dented now. Um, <laughs> uh, which is, I don't know, the, the cover's so clean looking too that it makes it even worse. You know, like it was <laughs> like a busy artwork, like, you know, whatever. But like this really clean looking pink. Anyways, honorable left mentions. Uh, two bands from Japan I wanted to shout out. Uh, my boy Hiroyuki from Stan United. Their demo came out this year, and it is awesome. If you love like just straight-up, straight-edge youth crew stuff, check them out. It's on Spotify as well. Um, Hiroyuki actually got me into another band from Japan called Die Birth, and they have one song on Spotify. This demo is on Bandcamp and it's super sick. Like again, kind of like 86 mentality style stuff. Uh, Alex Reno from uh, uh, regional justice center and uh, end of days uh, code red. He did a band after code red called beyond repair, which is uh, I think kind of meant to be like a throwdown uh, tribute or not tribute band, but you know, worship band, but it was, this demo they put out was so sick. Um, and there's the first song on it is phenomenal. It's amazing. Uh, I still check it out to this day. Uh, the what's good demo is just kind of has like a, uh, I don't know. You know, we talked about all the stuff that was going on in California and this kind of like was in the spirit of that, you know, just kind of like a fun project. Like that, de- that intro cracks me up where it's just like, what? It's good. Ha, ha, ha. I just love it. Uh, fucked up. Like every year on the Christian calendar, released a record uh, or multiples. Uh, Glass Boys came out this year, I believe, and it's dope. Like all the rest. Um, Step Forward, self-titled, came out this year, I think. Code Orange, I Am King, Criminal Instinct, Fever, True Love, New York Gods. Uh, and then flipping over to the hip hop world, the second run, the jewels record came out. Um, and one that Vogel got me into uh year old Drew, which is so sick. If you haven't heard it, it just straight up sounds like Nas and I love it. I remember when a lot of people thought it was a underground way of Nas putting out stuff that sounded a bit more like his early stuff, like the theory. And then you saw 
it was just a white dude. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's a ghost rider. I can't remember if I mentioned the Fury song that I had on my list was Holy. And it's just a Rager 42 second song. That's the last thing I wanted to say. But uh, yeah, this is a kill your year. Chris, I'm so glad you chose it. We might just have to have you choose the years going forward because good God, man, this year ruled. Uh, final thoughts on 2014, Dan? Um, what a killer year. And uh, I forgot to mention Boston Strangler Fire. That was a killer song too. Um, I, I was... I love doing something that I can't pull up off the top of my head. Oh yeah. I know this was this year and this was this year, you know, much like we do when we think 88, 87, 89, you know, I enjoyed the project of going through and going, Oh, that was this year. Okay. That's in contention. And, you know, going through the, cause I knew what was somewhat in the time period, but it was like doing that deeper dive uh, made me appreciate the music of 2014 so much more. Yeah. Crystal final thoughts. Uh, I'm going to have to agree. This was so incredibly fun to be able to sit down and like really think about. Um, and then also just have the nostalgic feeling of going back and listening to all of those like albums and then finding those tracks that just really hit for you. Uh, I definitely think this is a fun activity to do with the homies, you know? Um, and I definitely want to do that, not just for hardcore, but for like a bunch of other genres that um, pique my interest just because it's, it, it definitely is a little bit of work, but it's like fun homework, you know? You don't get that too often. Totally. Yeah. Chris, final thoughts? Yeah. I, uh, that's awesome. Uh, Crystal, thank you for joining us. Uh, I did want to, I, I mentioned Rainfest a little bit earlier and I did want to shout them out again because like, this is kind of like Rainfest is a, a fest in Seattle and Tacoma um, that went on for, I want to say like 10 years, something like that. And uh, you know, a lot of the bands that we talked about, like Rainfest brought them up, you know, from California or over from, you know, wherever the East coast um, as well as OHC, which is an Olympia fest that, uh, Jeff, who drums in change, um, did, uh, like protester played a couple of those fury played a couple of those. So like, shout out to those people that like did all the work to get all these bands out to the Northwest when I was stuck here, you know, not traveling around being able to see hardcore. And I just really appreciate that. So shout out to those people and all the people that like do the work to make this thing work, you know? Yeah, man. Hardcore rules. What's up? 2014 also ruled. 